0: Of the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett.
1: Hello, Katie.
0: And Cameron's fan. Hey, guys. <laughs> okay, we've had some great episodes lately. It's been a lot of fun. Um, kind of, I want to say on the front end, we want to have guests. So if you uh, are a listener and want to be on our show, give us a tweet, uh, email, uh, holla, uh, send a pigeon. Yeah. Um, but I also want to say that you can phone in as well. So it's, you don't have to be in person to be a guest on our show.
1: Oh yeah. That's true. I thought you meant like,
0: no, not in the middle of the episode. Like, no, we're not to that point where we're going to be taking live callers, Yeah, but, um, this is an episode Sorry, I just feel like, but, um, that's from like How I Met Your Mother. Do y'all remember that episode?
1: No. You know, I've never seen a single episode of that show. Can't say that I remember that episode.
0: Robin's a news anchor and Ted's class drinks every time she goes, but, um, and I don't think I've ever said, but, um, and it's in my head right now. (laughs) So as you know, if you listen to this podcast a lot, I do a lot of financial plans and something that is a very hot topic right now when we're doing planning is social security. Is it going to be around? What is it going to look like? And I'm hearing this from people that are in their 60s. I'm hearing it from people in their 40s down to the 20s. And so this is not going to be a deep dive into what is social security? How do you sign up? All of that. We've done an episode kind of generalizing about the history of social security. This episode is truly about, is it going to be around for the younger generation? Because that's the hot topic.
1: Why should I care about Social Security?
0: Why should you care?
1: Mm-hmm. You're paying into it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you have money taken out of your check every single paycheck to pay into your Social Security. Uh, and
0: In theory, you're paying into your Social Security, yeah. but really your money is being spent on somebody who's collecting Social Security right now. Uh,
1: but eventually the idea is you will get that back, <laughs> you know. You should care about it. It's your money, basically. You see, it's, guys, I'm doing role-playing right now.
2: Mm. I'm like the younger listener, like, why it, in the world would I care about this it, episode? Well, you guys answered it.
0: Yeah. You're kind of a forced savings that they're doing for you, because mm. then they're going to give you this benefit when you hit a certain age. But let's go ahead and have some fun. Let's do our list.
2: Oh, indeed. I do love lists. <laughs> this is an especially good list.
0: Yeah. So movies about the future everyone should watch. Mm-hmm. So, Cam, since you're excited, go.
2: Oh, and I got the good one. Starting it off as Interstellar, starring Matthew McConaughey and directed by Christopher Nolan. It is the film where he goes to space to save the world. We've talked about it recently on a show where he goes to Miller's planet and like every minute is, what, seven years or something? I don't know. Yeah. But his daughter on Earth is basically getting older and older at every
1: minute he's in space. So. Wow. It's a good one.
0: I haven't seen it yet.
1: It's a trip. It's it's really it's it's intriguing, kind of mind bending in a way. I mean, it, it can be difficult to follow unless you're paying attention. Let me especially
0: put it
2: especially like at the end when he's on the black hole. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Great soundtrack, Katie.
0: Okay, next future movie, The Matrix.
2: Mm. Ooh, which one's your favorite? The, which Matrix? The OG? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, the new one wasn't bad.
2: The I like with Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I like Neil Patrick Harris in it. That was that was cool.
1: Mine probably goes one, two.
0: Four, three.
1: I think we've had this conversation before. The original one was, it came out right around the same time as Phantom Menace and everybody had been talking about Phantom Menace. Oh, Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace. Everybody was excited about Phantom Menace. And then this movie came out and just, just blew everything else out of the water in terms of just mind-blowing effects you know the story was cool it was original it just the things that they were doing with cameras it was phenomenal it just blew your
2: mind it was the first time the world had experienced bullet time oh yeah and it was insane yeah
0: well and it crossed over into so many different realms because i mean i was dancing at that time and i remember we would then like create a dance move that was a back bend kind of like when he's dodging the bullets and Mm. stuff so it wasn't just in like the nerd realm or the computer realm it was everybody
2: and Mm. it made trench coats
1: and leather jumpsuits really cool yeah 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 which i mean you know and if we're being honest that part maybe not 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 (laughs) so great yeah but But at least you didn't make like bell bottoms and afros you know
0: (laughs) okay wait keep going (laughs) with the list (laughs) what I don't know where
1: you're Who going. likes bell-bottoms?
0: <laughs> I like Flair Janes, actually.
1: Okay, well, you're wrong. Speaking of bell-bottoms, Tina Turner just died.
0: I know, so sad.
1: Interesting that you would equate bell-bottoms know. to Tina Turner. I don't know, but... 70s? Yeah, she's been around for a while. Anyway, the next one on my list <laughs> is... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I got off track. All right, continue. <laughs> the next one on my list is Dune. Let me see. The The list is the movies about the future everyone should watch. And the first two were definitely sort of future. Uh, the Matrix being somewhat of a dy- dystopian, computers take over the world kind of future. Um, Interstellar. The, the premise of Interstellar is that they live in a, in a world that's been... What shattered by nuclear war or something? They're basically living in a dust bowl.
2: He's a farmer, and the plants yeah, just the, can't the planet's
1: basically been done in by global warming or something. I'm not sure mm-hmm. they ever really put that fine of a point on it. Uh, Dune is is a science fiction series of novels that you know I'm not sure really focuses on the future so much as just sort of. Space, and space travel, but and it's about spice
2: farmers, right? Different
1: planets and so forth. Yes, yeah, spice farmers. They they not they, like paprika. No, 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 no. They're they're farming a very specific kind of spice. When people take it, they can do things like potentially see the future, and therefore it can help them navigate interstellar travel and stuff like that. And so, who has the spice has the power. That's the basic idea behind the spice. I, again, I don't really think it's a, a futuristic except for that like obviously none of the technology that's demonstrated in dune is is technology that we have so it would only be technology that we could hope to have sometime in the future but
2: like they're dragonfly vehicles oh yeah those are cool planes whatever yeah all right 2001 a Space Odyssey just... yep I mean I saw this in one of my film writing classes in college. It was fine. Everybody says it's like the greatest film of all time. I mean, I I just I don't. feel like
0: it's slacker. So many of these movies I haven't seen. You
2: like travel through time in it, and then it starts with like the primates, and they discover the bone and as a weapon or the something.
0: The bone. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> what about Blade Runner?
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, the Blade Runner is definitely a futuristic, earthbound movie wherein there's a, a, a race of, of robots who look like humans. Hot take: I don't like Blade Runner. I just don't like
2: it.
0: I've never seen it. I thought it. it was
2: weird and non-accessible. <laughs> uh, the newer one was kind of cool. I've original. never seen the newer one. But the I original, mean, you had like unicorns and robots, and I just
1: didn't get it. I didn't follow. Replicants. <laughs> replicants. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, it's it's a very popular movie. It was a Ridley Scott movie, starred Harrison Ford. So there are a lot of people out there that really, really like it a lot. But, you know, it may it may not be everybody's cup of tea. I
0: feel like you need to say Jenna.
1: Jenna. <laughs> The next movie on the list is the Mad Max series, of course, kicked off by Mad Max. Mel Gibson. Which is, again, a future sort of dystopian. There's been something that has devastated the world. Fuel is at a premium, and um, basically everybody's fighting over the gasoline.
0: It's intense.
1: Mel Gibson plays Mad Max, the road warrior. Although, technically, The Road Warrior was the sequel to Mad Max. And then, of course, there was Mad Max 3 Beyond the Thunderdome, which is probably a very good reference to Tina Turner because she was in that. And she did the song,
0: we don't need another hero.
1: We've come full circle. Yes, we have. Yes, we have.
0: I wish we had video for all of y'all of court doing that.
1: (laughs) It was very passionate.
0: Yep. But I mean, then there was a newer one with Charlize Theron and
1: uh, Ah Fury Road. Tom uh, Hardy. Yeah, that's a movie that I've watched and that I enjoyed, but I mean, people just went ape over that movie. They just thought it was the the most brilliant movie of the year when it came out, and
0: they probably hadn't seen the original.
1: I liked it again. It was a good movie. It was it was better than Beyond the Thunderdome, um, but uh, it it wasn't like I didn't think it was just the The greatest movie of the year that it came out. But, you know, again, to each their own. Everybody has a cup of tea.
2: Next on the list is Aliens. Now, I don't know if this list is referring to the sequel Aliens or all of the
1: alien movies in the franchise. Well, we're going to just go go with Aliens. Because Aliens is obviously the second movie in the franchise. And it is easily the best it is of it is. all of them so you know yeah sigourney weaver battling aliens yeah i love it and then all this with a bunch of space marines which is just i mean fantastic so cool
2: <laughs> yeah, the spinoffs you had what alien versus predator mm-hmm. you had prometheus
1: yes which was pretty good I enjoyed Prometheus. I didn't. I didn't dislike it as much as people did. Apparently, Prometheus was very unpopular. So, and my had,
0: first experience with Aliens was the great movie ride at Disney, and yes, well, yes. the alien came down, and I think like because I was a little kid and I was not allowed to watch that movie, but then that thing came down and scared.
2: It freaked me out, out as a you. child, and I think Disney decided that was too scary of a ride for Disney World.
0: It just shut down recently, uh, two years ago. Yeah, it's it was a sad day because I love that ride, but yeah, the alien part was still there. Yay. Okay. I'm excited about this next one. Cause I can actually talk about it since y'all have been nerding out about these other movies <laughs> back to the future. Hello McFly. Um, this one has gotten referenced so many different times lately when we talked about like the years and we had the whole idea of like, you were able to put the food in the microwave and then it was like, comes from a little package and then it's this beautiful meal or, um, the hoverboards, you know, flying cars, so many cool things that you're like, yeah, that's going to happen in the future. According to the movies, we're like in, I think, the furthest future they go. Yeah, I think and, that's and we don't really, I guess we're starting to get driving cars. We're starting to do like the whole AI stuff, which is, that's going to be a whole another episode because that AI stuff is coming out of nowhere. It's I mean, it's not coming out of nowhere, but it's just everywhere now.
1: Okay, the next movie on the list is Planet of the Apes. Uh, and of course, it, this does not explain whether it's referring to the Planet of the Apes, original Planet of the Apes, or the... Who was it that did the remake? Well, Tim Burton did the random remake. And then there's the newest installment. Yes,
2: Um, but Tim Burton did the the remake. With Mark Wahlberg. With Mark Wahlberg. Next on the list is The Martian, starring? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He gets stranded on Mars. It is kind of a fascinating movie. He uh, uses potatoes for multiple things.
0: Potatoes make vodka. Yes, they do. (laughs) Okay, uh, 12 Monkeys. I don't know what this is.
1: It's a, it's a movie that that got plenty of critical renown. People loved it, or but it was weird, and, you know, it was hard to follow, and, and, you know, I wasn't super into it, but, you know, whatever. If I'm remembering the right movie, it had Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt played a crazy guy.
0: Okay, finish up the list.
1: The last note says, Nicole Note. Technically, it was changed from The Video Game, which was set in 2033, and it's a TV show, but The Last of Us was one of the best shows of the year. So uh, she would like us to point out that The Last of Us might need to be on this list as well. That, of course, is not a zombie movie. That is a movie about uh, what would happen to the human race if fungus took us over and learned how to perpetuate itself by, funnily enough, eating other human beings as though you were a zombie. So... Very, yeah, basically it's zombies with uh, mushrooms growing out of their yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's basically. And it was a good show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Did you watch it, either of you? Yep. Anyone?
0: I haven't watched it stars yet. stars
1: Pedro Pascal. He's on a, my list. He's a dude that uh, basically
2: takes this young girl, Ellie, across the country, and they get into some shenanigans with the mushroom zombies.
0: Sounds like Zombieland.
2: Yeah, it's not as funny.
0: <laughs> okay, let's get back to uh, Social Security. So what is Social Security? Well... Go back to our episode where we talk about it. I'm just kidding. Um, Social Security originated in the U.S. in 1935 as a means of protecting citizens from poverty during old age, disability, and death of a family member. Today, it is one of the most successful social programs in the country, benefiting millions of Americans. Yes, millions of Americans. I mean, so many people are on this, and there are so many different outlets of it. As you've got survivor benefits and disability benefits, and so much of it. Again, this episode is more of a high level as we're talking about is this benefit going to be around because as Cam prompted in the beginning why why should you care about this well every time you get a paycheck you know and most people actually don't physically get paychecks i think that's interesting now is the newer like nobody ever looks at their paycheck anymore because it's just an automatic deposit.
1: You you get a check stub by email, and I I would be interested to know how many people actually open up their. I imagine if you if you work hourly and or if you're subject to to you know possible overtime, overtime yeah. and stuff like that, you might open it. You're more likely to open it to see how much you actually made, but I mean. If you just are on salary and you get the same amount every single pay period, then I wonder how many of those people actually open their check stub to see what they got.
0: I mean, I I would think most people wouldn't go on there until they have a difference coming through on their account. They're like, oh, why is it less? Yeah. But so if you look on your pay stub, then you will see that you are paying into Social Security. Everybody.
1: Yeah. up Up to a certain point. You cap out at a mm-hmm. certain income level after you've made so much. They they stop taking out the uh, Social Security tax. But up to that particular cap, uh, they, everybody gets it taken out. And we did say earlier it's uh, it's taken out. Obviously, it's, it's sort of a, a forced retirement kind of thing. It also, Social Security also pays for people who are disabled. Mm-hmm. But only if you have a certain amount of payments into the system do you get payments from the system if you are disabled. So... Again, everything, everything depends upon you paying in before you can get paid out.
0: And there's so many ins and outs of this with spousal benefits. And even if you've been married for 10 years, I think we kind of mentioned that on the divorce episode Mm -hmm. and you may be entitled to your ex-spouse's benefits, but let's talk about the issues facing social security right now and why it's so much of a buzz. Because if you remember back to several episodes ago, we talked about how social security it you know, people people retired and then they pretty much died very soon after that. They did not have a long life after they retired. And so Social Security was their big benefit that they had. But they also had pensions back to that three legged stool. You had pensions, you had Social Security, and you had your own personal savings. Mm. Well, pretty much nobody has pensions anymore.
1: Very few people have pensions anymore. That is for
0: sure. And so you're down to two things. And so your stool now has Social Security and your personal savings. And the reality is the people that tell me, oh, I'm just going to rely on Social Security, well, visualize this stool trying to balance on one leg. Very, 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 very few people could live on just what they're going to get from Social Security. You've got to have your own personal savings. So... That's another reason, Cam, why you need to care about this, is because you need to have a grasp of what benefits you are going to have, and make sure you're preparing for it.
1: Well, let's say, uh, let's say somebody makes eighty thousand dollars a year, and they live off of eighty thousand dollars a year. They they spend basically they spend their paycheck. You know, they, it's it's when you retire, Social Security is not going to continue to pay you. $80,000 a year, or even yeah. what your take home from $80,000 a year was after taxes. So there is going to be a disparity between what you were used to living off of and what social security will pay you. And if you do not have some other source of retirement income, retirement funding, Social security is going to mean that you are going to be cutting some of your expenses, your living expenses.
0: Okay, so the first issue facing social security is the aging population. So rapidly aging population has resulted in an increase in the number of retired individuals who rely on social security benefits. Think about it. When this was created, they're going, okay, well, all of these people, I'm going to pay you court, you know, $1,000 a month, but I'm banking on you only living for five years. But then you're like, ha ha, and you've lived for 40 years after you've retired. So now we've had to pay that $1,000 benefit for 40 years. They do keep up with kind of cost of living some, and it's kind of sporadic how usually healthcare expenses also go up as well, but there is a little bit of increase. But still, they went from when they're doing their big grand scheme of stuff, they were banking on not having to pay for this many people for this long. Mm-hmm you have graduating steps of when you can start social security. Mm -hmm. And so most people it's, you can start as early as 62 Mm -hmm. and then you have full retirement age, which that number varies depending on how old you are. Some people that are closer to retirement age, theirs may be, Sixty-six and six months, or sixty-six and mm-hmm. eight months.
1: For those out there who didn't know, full retirement age used to be sixty-five. Like yeah. it was a flat sixty-five for everyone. And then Congress passed a law that basically gradually increased it, depending on when you were born. You sort of got some people may have gotten grandfathered in on the sixty-five years uh, year old full retirement age, but then others, it gradually your retirement age increased depending on how long you had until you reached your retirement age, basically. Basically based on when you were born, what year you were born. Yeah.
0: So if you wait until you're what they call the full retirement age, if you wait to that, you're getting your full benefit. If you take it early, then you're you're taking a haircut off of it. You're losing hmm. some of it. Hmm. And so, like for the three of us in this room, even though we've got a little bit of age gap between court, you and me and Cam, mm-hmm. but we're all at age 67 is our full retirement age. Now, if you wait until age 70, then that's when everyone can get their max benefit. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're capped out. You can't get any higher after that. Mm-hmm
1: you get a little more than you would at full retirement but it's if you wait until 80 you're getting the same amount that you would have if you retired when you were 70 we say we say retired when you were but when you retire and when you start drawing social security are two are things. two different things yeah. basically but for the purposes of this if i say when you retire it might be that i'm thinking when you start drawing social security is what i'm talking about
0: i would suggest to the three of us in the room you need to plan that you're not going to draw until your full retirement age, if not try and hold out till 70. But obviously every case is different depending on your circumstance, your health, your other assets. So that's kind of where it's a concern of there's a lot of people now relying on this. So what does that mean? we got a funding problem.
1: Before we move on to funding problem, I did want to point out that the, the other aspect of sort of that aging population is not only are people living longer now, but also we're dealing with the fact that baby boomers are reaching retirement age and they were a huge generation. They were the baby boom generation. So there's a whole bunch of them and they're all retiring now. They're all reaching retirement age now. So not only are people living longer, but there's a whole bunch of people that are, that are reaching retirement age as we speak.
0: Yeah. So you got this bucket of money and it's being spread very thin now between all these people that need this benefit. So there's a funding problem. The funding model for Social Security is strained due to the several factors, including changes in demographics and life expectancy, wage stagnation, and reduced tax revenues. So, It's not just one sole thing that, okay, everybody's living longer or baby boomers. It's a combination of so many different things.
1: Let's, let's blame the baby boomers though. Let's (laughs) (laughs) let's just go ahead and and blame them.
0: (laughs) And so obviously the reason why you're hearing a lot about this is it's it's a big deal. There's so many people that are relying on social security. It's political because a decision needs to be made about social security because the kind of, it's a ticking time bomb when the funds are going to run out and politicians have to decide what to do. And so that's where you're hearing this fear of younger people or even people that are in their sixties worrying of, is it going to be around? I know, I know what's running out of money Mm -hmm. you know, what are we going to do? And so that's where, you know, politicians are going to have to step up. They're going to have to figure out what the future of social security is. And, you know, with some calling for cuts to benefits, others are calling for increase of funding,
1: Basically, you can either, uh, I mean, I guess to to boil it down to to the most overly simplified two things that I can think of, you know, you either cut uh, benefits, which means it could mean a number of different things. You make it harder to get disability or you raise the age of full retirement age. People have thrown out the idea of raising full retirement age up to 70 and raising max benefits up to 72 or even 75. Um, so that's that's one option. That, mm-hmm. that means you're not paying out as early as much. Uh, or you increase funding. And increasing funding comes in the form of one of the things that's been talked about a lot recently is if you recall earlier in the episode I said you reach a certain income level and after you've been paying in your social security tax for for up to that income level when you reach that income cap they'd stop taking the social security tax out. People have talked about eliminating that cap so that you just continue to pay into social security no matter what your income is, no matter how how much you make, no matter how high your 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 salary is or whatever. Uh, and they say that that would increase the amount of
0: available money that yeah. can be divided. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing: nobody really knows. It's a big decision that's got to be made. The government is going to do the right thing, probably at the last moment. But Social Security is not just going to disappear. It can't disappear because there's way too many people relying on it. The reality that we're kind of talking to clients about is: okay, you know, people who are, I would say, under forty, maybe. 45, they probably need to expect that you're not going to be drawing until 70. Like that's probably going to be reality. People under 30 probably need to expect that there will be very little benefit. I mean, there's, you may have something, but that's where it may turn into more of a forced savings even more so. And that it's just that some different benefit is there. But I think that as we've already seen, you know, required minimum distribution age has been raised. The full retirement age has been raised. And so they're expecting people to live longer and longer. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't dip into it early. It's just going to be a reduced benefit. But that's something for, they've talked about means testing. You know, those who truly need the assistance will receive it. They've talked about tax increases. They've talked about privatizing, which is kind of, you know, moving it towards where individuals invest their own money into a personal savings account there are so many different ideas that have been thrown out there. But the thing is, this has been around since 1935. I don't think that we're just going to let, you know, the money run out in a couple of years. And then we're just like, okay, well, we tried.
1: Well, David Pickler is very fond of discussing the fact that the problem with getting social security fixed is that it is very much the political, he, sa- he calls it the political third rail. Yep. He talks about the fact that Basically, any politician messing with people's retirement, they're committing to basically finishing out their term and and not being reelected, or at least that's the the politician's fear. So the difficulty is, you know, it needs to be fixed. Everybody agrees it needs to be fixed. Everybody has different ways of possible that different solutions that are available to fix it. But nobody's really willing to step out there and start to take action to move the needle and actually get something done. Because it's, again, it's the third rail. If you if you touch the third rail in a subway, you get shocked. You die. Well, this is the third rail because if you touch the third rail in politics, you don't get reelected. So... Nobody's willing to do it. So the question is, who is going to not just what are they going to do? How are they going to fix it? But who's going to be willing to actually step out there and say, okay, this is something that has to get done. If nobody does, then you could see disaster come, you know, you could see disaster happen. It's interesting because we've got another situation going on right now the, with the debt ceiling.
0: Debt ceiling, yeah.
1: And um, it's, they're, they're sort of, with the debt ceiling right now, they're sort of playing a game of chicken. And obviously the big concern is, oh, no, if they don't raise the debt ceiling, then it's going to be a disaster for the economy. That's what you will hear if you, if you watch any of the mainstream news. Uh, If the debt ceiling doesn't get raised, then the United States defaults on its debts. And if the United States defaults on its debts, there's all sorts of things that are horrible that will happen. And so right now, uh, politicians are trying to see who will blink first because they figure whoever blinks first is going to it's going to be worse for them politically politically. I think it's the same thing with yeah. Social Security. Who's it gonna is. blink
0: first? Well, and that's interesting because, like, you're gonna be hearing this episode launched on the day that hopefully they've made the decision on the debt ceiling. Yeah,
1: and as a matter of fact, we've uh, we've talked about doing an episode on the debt ceiling. So I don't want to I don't want to give too much away, but we've we've invited a special guest for our debt ceiling episode. So it, we'll see if that yeah. that happens. The episode after this one, you might be getting an episode on, okay, what happened? What they do. What are we what, what are we talking about? What's the effect?
0: Yeah, but I almost feel like, and this is kind of going off, but like politicians seem to be the ultimate um, procrastinators. Like everything is just wait, 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 wait to the last minute and then boom, we'll get it done. But it's like you stressed everybody out because you waited to the last minute. So kind of high level of it, self-security is not just going to disappear overnight. It's going to be something that there's going to be a process to it. We're going to figure out what's going on. Politicians will figure it out. Somebody will step up and get things done. And it's just, if you're closer to about to draw benefits, prepare that, yeah, you're going to get something, but there is possibility as with anything that benefits could drop a little bit that with anything, you know, expenses could be so expensive. That's the biggest concern is inflation And then for the middle group of people that are in their prime years of working, but not close to retirement right now, it's, you need to be saving and knowing that you may have a little bit of benefit, but it may be really delayed before you can get it. And then that younger group under 30 or so kind of, you know, I'm not saying that social security won't be around, but kind of maybe act like it won't and do your own. So it's important for this younger generation to start saving now have that financial stability. We are a financial podcast every single time. I feel like we keep drilling into your brain about having those different buckets because life does happen. So saving money can help individuals become financially stable and secure in their future. So then you don't have to stress, is it going to be around or not? And you're in the position where, well, if I get it, that's just a nice little extra bonus that I can then use that money instead of dipping into my savings. Mm. So that's just kind of a little icing on the cake there. Start saving it now. Start saving at a young age because the more you can save now, mm-hmm. it just keeps compounding and you're going to thank your future self. I know it's not glamorous to be like, oh, I've got a 401k, I'm saving, blah, 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 I saw some joke the other day that was like, 401k, I can't run that. Yeah, cord- I mean, this goes back to some of our classes Yeah. about the rule 72, which is just kind of a calculation of trying to figure out how faster money will double essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we, that David says all the time is the money that you can save before you turn 30, then, you know, it's going to have three or four doubles Mm -hmm. in the amount of time in your life. And I actually just kind of pulled up this scenario and it's, you know, investor one starts at age 25, sets aside $5,000 a year for 10 years. So 5,000 for 10 years, Mm -hmm. does not invest any more after age 34. I'm not recommending that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> their money then is at age 65 worth 787,180 dollars. Versus investor two, who didn't start until 35, they invested 5,000 each year for 30 years, and when they reached age 65, their portfolio value was only worth 611,000. So that's the thing right there is that mm-hmm. if you can start younger. Even if it's a smaller amount that you can save and then you had to stop because kids came into the equation or something happened there, your money, because it's the time in the market, Mm -hmm. the amount of time that you've got this money can just keep building and growing and keep doubling. That's the important thing of it. So that's where, you know, don't worry about if Social Security is going to be here or not, start saving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the other, like the biggest issues that we have coming up that when I'm doing plans for people is inflation, Yeah, thinking about the cost of living and how much it's going to cost mm-hmm. and long-term care, medical expenses. And so that's where you see now, everybody's like, oh, wow. You know, I think as a kid, you remember your parents going, oh, it used to be like a nickel to go get a Coke at the place. <laughs> and now I've caught myself doing that. I'm like, it's how much? Like Sonic happy hours, how much now? Like... <laughs>
1: I, I still, to this day, can tell you exactly how much a double cheeseburger from Wendy's meal, extra value meal, cost when I was like 18 years old. How much I, was it? It was $5.29 here in Memphis.
0: What would it be today?
1: Oh, I mean, it's it's. I think it's over ten dollars for ju- for just that meal. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. I don't eat cheeseburgers anymore, so I have no reason to know what <laughs> what Wendy sells their double cheeseburger meal for. But I used to eat them like they were going out of style when I was eighteen.
0: Everything gets more expensive. Yeah,
1: basically, inflation is a bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know the whole idea of oh well, I've got you know a hundred thousand dollars. Well. It's not going to be that much by the time you, you know, hit in your 60s and 70s. Well, you know,
1: one of the things that we were talking about the other day was if somebody, let's say, comes to you and has the goal of having a million dollars, well, if you have a million dollars tomorrow, that's going to be way different than if you have a million dollars in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So you've got to look at your time horizon. You want a million dollars. When do you want it by? Because a million dollars isn't going to be worth nearly as much to you 10, 15, 20 years from now as it is worth to you right now. Furthermore, even now, and I think I've said this before uh, because it's one of my favorite things, and I heard it on like a a radio show on my way to work one day 10 years ago, but the radio jockeys read somewhere that, that basically... The definition of rich to be rich at the time it was no longer to be a millionaire. You had to have at least seven point seven million dollars mm. before you would be rich. Yeah. And I guess that 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 rich, however it's defined, is sort of a standard of comfort. You don't have to worry about you know where your next anything is coming from. You you can maintain a lifestyle of comfort without having to worry about it. And at the time, and like I said, this was like ten or fifteen years ago. Even a million dollars, you weren't rich anymore. It was it had to be at least 7.7 7. with as long ago as that was, I wonder what it is now. I bet it's even more before you really have to, before you can really stop worrying about, you know, your your just your day-to-day expenses and just you know that you have enough to live for forever and ever until you die.
0: If you want to figure out what yours is, then you can come and do a plan because everybody's unique and it's your expectations of what you're going to spend. But that's why, you know, I used to be the queen of like, I want all happy plans to now. Um, David, the other day said that this is the scare the crap out of you plan that Katie's going to put together for you. Cause I want to show people like, what if things, you know, inflate by 5%. I don't think that's going to happen. So we can show you what is your number? Mm. What is the amount that you have to have? And let's run a Monte Carlo scenario. that runs a thousand different scenarios of what if, you know, what if one of these crazy future worlds happens or what if this happens then what amount of money do you have to have where do you land on that scattergram and so you know it's everybody's numbers different and you got to figure out what what's your millionaire status is and it you know it could be a millionaire it could be f- 50 million. I don't know. It's your standard of living. But I mean, Social Security is super uncertain. We know that politicians have got to get together. They've got to figure it out. Somebody has got to decide who's going to step up. The population is just going to keep aging. I mean, we can't Benjamin Button this and go backwards. That's
1: a shame. I've always (laughs) wanted to be Benjamin Button.
0: And uh, funding problems are going to keep persisting. I mean, think about it. It's just That's kind of the debt ceiling we're talking about. There's funding problems left and right. So even the government is having funding problems. So don't feel bad if you've got some financial problems because the government's got some financial problems. So Mm -hmm. come and see us. You know, it'll be necessary for policymakers to work together to find a solution that ensures the long-term suitability of the program. Not just the short, don't just stick a bandaid on it. Let's figure out the long-term plan. This has been around since 1935, but while still providing much-needed support for millions of Americans. So they've got to make the right decision. This isn't just for a small group of people. This is for millions of people. Amen. <laughs> so Cam, since you started the episode with your question, do you understand now why you should care about social security?
2: 100%. Cameron was in class today. I've been mighty quiet, but I've just <laughs> been sitting there listening.
0: I mean, it's going to be around. Go check your paycheck. I am sure you have it coming out. If you don't, then I I don't know where you work.
1: You probably are a 1099 well, uh, yes. contractor. Okay. You're probably not getting anything taken out of your that,
0: check. Yes, I will throw that out. Make sure you are paying into Social Security because there are some professions that you don't. Like I know our um, are, are awesome firefighters and service people that they are not having to pay into Social Security. And so that's why if you know a firefighter, they oftentimes have a little side job just to get the Social Security benefits.
2: Another role playing game. Okay. So we talk about 401k that is paying into retirement. Is SEP the same thing?
0: It is a retirement funding vehicle that can be used for specific like self-employment individuals, things like that. And so we did that episode. There's 401k, there's 403b, there's 457, simple IRAs, solo 401k. I mean, there is... All the Baskin robins, all the different flavors here, they all do the same thing. They all have a little bit of different rules on how much you can put in, how much you can't. And that's where you've got to figure out how can you maximize your personal, what are your available funding vehicles that you can use and the thing is, is it may constantly change. That's why it's important to talk to your accountant, talk to your financial advisor and figure it out. But then I also, if you're younger generation listening, I do have to stress that it's a balance approach. Don't be putting so, so much money into retirement that then you're forced in a situation where you have to dip into that retirement way before age 59 and a half when you're allowed to get into it. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a balance where, yes, you're saving for the future, but you're also saving for more immediate future.
1: Right. So not every dime that you save needs to go into a retirement account, basically. Yeah. Whatever that retirement account might be, whether it's a 401k or a SEP or just a, a, a an IRA or a Roth, anything like that. Not every dime you're putting away into savings needs to go into a retirement savings account. You want some of it To be more available To you now Whatever your age
2: is now It's funny This is uh, It kind of pertains to it But the other day Abby and I watched A movie on Netflix It was a, like a 2005 Chick flick It was about De- Deborah Messing Stars in it And she's mm-hmm. going to Her sister's wedding The in wedding, London date. London. wedding The wedding date, date. Yeah mm-hmm. She hires a sex worker mm-hmm. To be her date And anyway <laughs> She has this Throwaway comment Dylan Mulroney Yep And she has this Throwaway comment Where she She had to pay him $6,000 to go She dipped into her her retirement to pay for that. And I was like, Abby, oh, that no. is a no-no. Yeah, you don't do that.
1: Who does that? Although, I mean, if you've seen the movie, apparently he is very good at his job, so yes, he's maybe he's it was worth it. it That's the first time me. I've seen it. And another side note, uh, you said that was Dylan. Dil- <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Dylan, it's Dermot. Dermot, Dermot Mulroney, yeah. <laughs> the best
2: SNL skit, it's a game show and the game show is called, Is It Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? <laughs> 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 they show these people side by side and everybody's like, I don't know. <laughs> there's the same person.
1: <laughs> Anyways, are we going to bullseye this thing? Uh, I mean, as usual, I think Katie did a pretty good job of bullseyeing it up there at the end. All right. Should we bring in the bell? Whoa. How do you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie, Cameron, or Court, please feel free to go to our website. You can read up on our bios. You can drop us a line, leave us a note, suggest a a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, or suggest a guest that you'd like to hear us bring in. If you like pictures, boy, do we have pictures. We've got Instagram. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we also have words on the Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. We've got a Facebook page. That's Bullcast The Podcast. You can interact with us any way you like on any of those social media platforms. But if you'd like to find out more about what Katie, Cameron, and I actually do for a living more about where we work you know we've mentioned many times that we work at a place called pickler wealth advisors and if you would like to find out more about our company our jobs about the amazing team that we work with and about our boss david pickler feel free to go to that website that website is picklerwealthadvisors.com that's advisors with an o not an E. ladies and gentlemen i've given you everything you need to go forth and retire well so for now I'm Court.
0: I'm Katie. I'm
1: Cam. And we're done.